from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop inspired world building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each week we take a listener submitted prompt and spin it into an original fantasy character, world detail, or myth, populating a shared fantasy universe one story at a time. Still. It's it a great, is. honestly, great pitch. You know what? Yeah, right. Great podcast. Also, a great pitch. Like you wrote it. I mean, you wrote that verbatim. I did. So I, I did give write you that. <laughs> I want everyone to know we're peeling. This is the episode. We're peeling back the curtain. The YouTube fucking uh, um, thumbnail is me in the shower looking scared, and Jeff is pulling back the curtain. I'm like, ah, and over my private parts and nipples, it says prompts. <laughs> but no the secret is literally anything that i've ever sounded concise on about the pitch of this show is because jeff actually wrote it and sent it to me as a script i do i do i mean to be fair like i do that for like that is my actual nine to five job and it has been for a decade so like hey, you know credit where it's due i you know you could just lie jeff i know but i i, I also am really proud of the work that i do in my nine to five job like yeah. i love my nine to five job and so like i love talking about it i mean you are it's incredibly good it's an incredibly good pitch like you said and it's an incredibly good podcast it is it is yes. we fucking crush it every week um every single week we take a beer can that has the episode inside of it and we crush it so hard with our might that it shoots out and it enters like the audio space and you get to absorb it what happens specifically is uh, is Aaron stands on we we're in a very large arena. We're in the we're in an empty con space. We're in an empty con space. Aaron stands on one end, I stand on the other. I throw a beer can at him. Aaron catches it like Stone Cold Steve Austin and then crushes yeah. it and then drinks the beer as it runs down. <laughs> burnt, burnt, burnt. <laughs> um absolutely. That's what we actually that's what we're doing right now. Jeff is at a table uh, at one side of a con, and I'm on the other one. And in between us is a kiddie pool filled with uh, balls. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we're going to take a listener's minute prompt and create the greatest story of all time, like we do every goddamn week. Um, but first, we talk about cool things, like what the teens are doing and uh, what's getting you excited this week. So, Jeff, what's getting you excited this week? Uh, you're going to be shocked to hear this, Aaron, but the answer is uh, 20 teens sitcoms. It's 20 teen sitcoms. I'm actually very <laughs> surprised to hear that. I know. I bet you would be. What is it? What do you, what do you even mean? Uh, we're almost done with happy endings. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, it's good. It's extremely good. I actually feel like you would love it. It's happy very, very funny. Endings. American sitcom. It's great. It's, it's about like, it's, it's a, it, it's. Why does it have to be so old? Because <laughs> it's things that I remember hearing were good and I haven't heard anything new is good. <laughs> like oh that looks bad 2011 <laughs> uh happy endings has been great we've been absolutely loving it i think we're gonna rewatch better off ted is next okay so by the logo of happy endings i'm assume it's every character in the show fucks they do a lot of them do fuck <laughs> it's like the logo is them all in bed naked and they do fuck <laughs> good for them 
Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, we, we watch him happy endings. We're going to watch uh, Better Off Ted. Okay. And, like, it's, you know, just, it's, the, it's, it's a lot of shows that I'd heard were good at the time and just did not check out for whatever reason. Partially because, like, this is a, that was the, the 20 teens, the early teens. Mm. Uh, flashback story flashback. time. Take me back, Jeff. That was a time period where I moved to Philadelphia, and like I, when we moved, I gave up cable. So mm. like, and also this particular show was a network show, but aired on ABC, and we still don't get ABC in my apartment for some reason. It just doesn't really run, and like doesn't really like come in over the air in Philadelphia. So we just couldn't, there's a lot of shows like in that time that I either couldn't watch or have never got around to watching. And I'm kind of enjoying going back and rediscovering some of the shows that I remember hearing people like rave about at the time. I fuck with this. This is, that's fun. That's smart. That's clever. So it's kind of just like keeping a running list of like, oh, I also heard this show was good. Let's like add it to our list or, oh, I remember loving this show and I know you haven't seen it. So let's like put that on the list of like stuff to to watch so that we have very specific reference points for jokes and things i love it i I fuck with this very much what about you aaron what's getting you excited so what's getting me excited this week is um it's cold and i really want to go outside and like go fishing and start like a fire and cook something on it so i'm trying to this week learn i've been working my fucking ass off in restaurant hell so I've been trying to distract myself with YouTube videos of um, outdoor cooking. So I'm learning about the intricacies of cooking using like fucking logs and burning them down and like how to like actually cook a really nice steak on it and things like that. Like how to cook super rustic and make it bomb and not like overcook it because it's quite challenging. So you so you so you're saying you've been watching Skyrim videos is what you're saying. I see I have been watching a lot of Skyrim videos. Um, a lot of I've Breath been learning- of the Wild. Yeah, a lot of Breath of the Wild, a lot of that kind of stuff. But no, the video I'm literally watching on mute right now, which was, I don't mean, I'm listening, but however, I started it when the episode started. uh, It's someone deep frying a 14-pound brisket because it was in related videos, and I was like, you can do that? And so I'm watching it now. (laughs) I'm definitely curious because that does sound delicious. But it's not batter fried. It's just kind of like they dunk it in hot oil, and like it comes out okay. Ooh, uh, I, yeah, that sounds delicious. Can we chat about food for a minute? Because uh, oh, you I've know got some it. Food. I'm about Aaron, it. Give me a food. Can we? Can we name this segment? Uh, just uh, food chat with Jeff and Aaron. There you go. All right, Jeff and Aaron. Jeff and Aaron sitting down at the table. <laughs> at the ta- <laughs> at the table with Jeff and Aaron. There it is. Okay, I love that so much. So, can I tell you about like what I had today that like blew my mind? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and this is this is a gift. This is for you, Aaron. And uh, this is revealing both of our hyper-local roots. Ready. I had mushroom scrapple today. Whoa. I had a vegan mushroom scrapple. Whoa. It was incredible. See that? You're cooking with gas now. Right? Like, it was, and it was so good. Like, the texture was exactly what you want from scrapple, which is, like, um, like, really crispy outside and really, like, creamy, mushy inside. Oh, absolutely. But, like, and the real thing I really loved about it, the thing that really, like, got me really jazzed up trying it was I've had a lot of imitation, like, sausage products. Yeah. And I'm usually underwhelmed, partially because they try really hard to make it taste like pork or beef sausage. Always, yes. And, like, I'm, I, I, it always kind of tastes a little off. Like, I can taste the imitation in it. This made no effort to make it taste like pork scrapple. 
it tasted like mushrooms. Like the mushroom flavor was really present. It tasted like mushrooms. I'm here for this. And it was so perfect. Like it, it, it was better for being like a dish that was like, hey, if you like this meat product, here it is with a different flavor. Like it's not, you're not going to trick someone into thinking this is the other product, but it's going to like stand on its own merit and be a delicious dish while like having the textural experience of this other dish like it was perfect it was amazing i love it very much scrapple is one of my new favorite treats it's like incredibly local regional and strange it is is. and it's very much my shit i love that philly south jersey people this is for you thousand percent um a food that's getting me excited this week if i may a food is uh, on our menu we have a fennel salad Okay. Um, fennel is. Do you like fennel? Do you fuck with fennel? Um, I I like it. It's in a polarizing very, dish. It's polarizing I like it in vegetable. very specific scenarios. Okay. When do you like it? I love it in sausage. Okay. Um, I think it's a right compliment to a sausage, and I love it in. Um, there's a brewery near us that serves like house made bread with butter and fennel and like Mm-mm. sea salt. You mix that into the butt, you mix the salt and the fennel into the butter and you spread that on the bread. It's perfect. It's divine. On its own, I think it's a little overwhelming, but like in those scenarios, I think it's fantastic. So a little trick about fennel. So welcome to what was it Jeff's and Aaron's at the table? table at the table with Jeff and Aaron. So at the table with Jeff and Aaron, a little secret for you. Let me give you the recipe for a basic basic fennel salad. Um get a lot of fennel, God blanch that shit. But then uh, just a fuck ton of citrus is fennel's friend because it cuts through a lot of that black licorice taste. Mm. And then with like a ton of lemon juice, a little bit of honey, fresh horseradish, and green apple actually helps too. So like brightness helps fennel actually like it livens it up and makes it really bright and tart. And then you need a nut, like a fat. So you could do like a nice aged cheddar on the salad or like oh, toasted yeah. pistachios. Okay. That with the fennel, fucking that does sound delicious that really does sound good yeah so anyway that's what's been getting me excited this week i had that salad and it was fucking it was slamming and i was like i want to talk about fennel remember when this show was about tabletop games not really (laughs) god i was like wow we've been talking for 10 minutes but that's what these people came here for like honestly vaguely but i remember we pivoted away from that pretty early in the show you're not wrong I remember, I, I feel like we've probably spent more time discussing carrot-based stand-up comedy than tabletop games. You know, you're absolutely right, Jeff. And listener, if you're wondering, listening, wondering when we're going to get to the prompt, you might have another segment coming your way, and you're going to have to keep waiting for it. That's right. Here, here for your enjoyment is my 45-minute wizard set. All right, no, please, Aaron, give us the prompt. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I was so ready for it. So, prompt this week comes from our Discord server, from Oculi of the Ink, creator of literally every piece of merch we have. Um, Cider Creek Delivery Service, Horace Teldevere speaking, or Teldevere speaking, how may we help you today? So, Cider Creek Delivery Service, and Horace Teldevere is on the phone, they're speaking, mm. and how mm-hmm. may they help you today? Mm. So, we have a cider, or it's, it's a delivery service, and it's called Cider Creek delivery service yeah so is it have anything to do with cider or is cider creek a place cider creek is a is, is an actual creek okay uh cider creek delivery service is a delivery service that runs deliveries along cider creek like like they are a water oh, a small based town? they are a small town they are a water like a waterway delivery service okay I like that a lot. So it's a waterway delivery service. So like canals and things yeah. like that. Okay. So they travel by boat. 
They travel by boat, and they just deliver anything. This is like a cute little town thing. Hmm. You know, or is it they, mm. they deliver specific things? I would like them to deliver. I would like Cider Creek Delivery Service to deliver a specific thing along. Mm. Maybe maybe it is the, the town of Cider Creek that is along Cider Creek specializes in something. So I have a, I have a pitch for you immediately. Go for it. And I think it adds a lot of coal to this fire. There's a lot of gasoline, a lot of lighter fluid to this fire. Oh, remember, kids, never add too much lighter fluid to a fire. Um, but... I'm thinking that Cider Creek is in Moon Crescent, and what the Cider Creek Delivery Service and Horace Teldevere are, uh, how, what they deliver is information and secrets, Jeff. Oh, they're a mail delivery service. This is a mail delivery service, but I think mm-hmm. one that deals, is it in Shady, is it something that is, is this four detectives, night detectives in Moon Crescent being like secret gatherers, information gatherers, is this like a source of theirs? Is the Cider Creek Delivery Service. So what? where I went with that question, what popped into my head, if this is this is the, the service that, like, detectives in Moon Crescent, in and around Moon Crescent, rely on for, uh, like, shipments and equipment and things. Okay, so they supply the knights, the detective knights of Moon Crescent with, like, stuff. Yeah, like surveillance equipment magnifying um, glasses magnifying glasses um or like because there's the detective right who is like digging up information yes cider creek what if cider creek delivery service is the mail courier that like carries me- like encoded encrypted messages back and forth between sources i like this they are an organ like you are someone that has to deliver like a seek like your findings on like a secret thing you tell you go to the Cider Creek Delivery Service and they run they like it's it partially it runs on water because it is easier to like stay unnoticed when you're like floating it through the fog. So it's like a private server. It's like a coded line. Like you know what I mean the closed line type things. Yeah. Is it like the one it's a really secure way to pass like super important information and you're giving it to fucking Horace. Like Horace runs it. And it's the thing is it's super unassuming, but the information that's being passed, they never know. They're just like, I'll do it for you. They are the fastest, maybe, or the best or most reliable. Or is that the whole game? The Cider Creek Delivery Service is unassuming because like Horace Teldevere, Teldevere? Teldevere. How Horace Teldevere is someone who's like doesn't know that these people are detective knights passing along information that's like changing the city and ruining lives and finding out secrets and mysteries they're just like well, i don't know business has been bumping since these houses have been involved in our dealings what if <laughs> that's the public face okay so it's ned flanders uh in the streets but it's you know snake in the streets yeah it's like it is like what (laughs) that one of the best ways to to hide or to infiltrate somewhere or to or to hide in plain sight is to look like you belong like like the to look with confidence like there's nothing amiss is one of the best ways to hide Okay. If you if you if you create a delivery service that looks like you are delivering shady information, right? Yeah. If your delivery service is called like is called like Shadow Rails Delivery Service, and it's like our deli- we are one hundred percent discreet. We, you know, we get your package where it's going, no questions asked. People are going to look at that and go, "Well, they're delivering some shady shit." 
Yeah. If you're the Cider Creek delivery service with Hor- by, run by Horace Teldevere and you open, hi, what can we do for you? Flowers by Irene, Jeff. It's Flowers by Irene. Flowers by Irene. <laughs> but it really is like that local small spot that's like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's always a store in South Jersey I've noticed growing up that sells like blinds and it's open longer than anything else. I'm like, they've got to be money laundering. They've got to be doing something shady. Yeah, it's exactly that that vibe where it's like there's no re- like and it's because they are like bright and charming and friendly that like no one thinks to be like, "Hey, what's keeping this this tiny this tiny, you know, delivery service afloat?" And it's the fact that like, you know, you will get like you can hand them a package and they'll they'll Jason Statham it where it needs to go. Got it. Without like no questions asked. Can I ask you a question that might change the little uh, course of this yes is horace teldvery the person who runs uh the fucking um cider creek delivery service do they read the contents of the mail and therefore they are actually the face behind the game of secrets in moon crescent is this like the actual person dictating the course of history in moon crescent type thing you can say no or are they true like you know do they give a shit do they have an investment I'm going to say yes. I'm going to give you a yes, but okay. I think that they are reading. They 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 are reading mail and like dictating things. And the yeah. reason that they're doing that is because they are a friend and confidant of Falcon Vale. Okay. And like it is, and like it is, like they are. They are part of how Falcon Vale operates. Is like they are. Like they, they go to Horace and they're like, Horace will contact them, and be like, we have a shipment coming through. If this gets if this gets where it's going, people will get hurt. And like they, like they are part of the Falcon Vale operation. I love and it. And the way that they've done that is they are kind of the because um, there's a trope that I love to peel back the curtain a little bit, which is the the friendly villain, mm. the friendly villain or the friendly villain hero relationship. Yes, is a one that I love where it's like we are on opposite sides of we are on opposite sides of the conflict, but. We have a friendly working relationship. My enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, type perfect. Thing. Yeah. And it's and so what I'm picturing is that Horace reads mail or like gets wind, you know, because you kind of have to have an idea of what you're delivering. I think to be really effective, like Horace has built an operation where duh, six. Horace um has created an operation where she is really, really confident in like what what is what the mail is right like if yeah, somebody's yeah. just like if like she can tell the difference between this is this is this is you know somebody delivering a secret to just let someone know that all things are going according to plan or this is going to lead to a massive like power thing and and it's going to lead to blood in the streets okay so i and like when this it, a lot. and when it when it veers towards when it veers towards blood in the streets that's when falcon vale gets a letter in the mail so I have a pitch for this. Yeah. So Horace, damn it, I can never remember names in this show. Uh, Horace Teldevere. Te, te, Horace I want to say, say Teldevere. I don't know why. So Horace Teldevere. We can go with Teldevere. It's, it's either or, honestly. You know, some people say Teldevere. Some people say Teldevere. Yeah, I don't. And I think she is. It's part of her friendly, you know, her friendly Oshuk's demeanor is she won't correct you. Yeah, no. Like, I personally don't know if it's Katano or Katano. I don't fucking know. All, anything goes. Right. 
So she just kind of lets you, you know, she lets you lets you give the name that you're going to give her. And then that's just another way for her to kind of be like, hey, we're buddies, right? We're friends. So super unassuming, super like, but what is what does she want? Like, what's the purpose of this? Just to make money? She makes money off anybody? Falconvale or fucking evil houses of Moon Crescent, you know, whatever. Is that it? Or is it like something else? Does she actually give a shit? You know, because a lot of the times the person who's like um, the enemy of the enemy is like, usually they're like a weapons dealer. They're like, I don't give like, a fuck like who's the penguin. buying it. Yeah, it's a penguin yes. type, type deal. Which is it that? Um, so my answer, and I'm going to say this uh, over the sound of the fire sirens in the background. I apologize for them. Um, my answer is it used to be no and has evolved into a sometimes. Okay. It used to be that she didn't give a shit. Okay. Money was money. A deal was a deal. You know, a page. Uh, as if the paycheck cleared, then then who's to say? I think working with Falconvale has changed her perspective. Like she treated Falconvale like a client, but I think she has come around to, I like she's grown a conscience. Yeah, but I still think she's willing to be like, yeah, I didn't see anything. It is what it is. Because I think like she still enjoys the act of like of being the the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. But, like, she has come to a point where she's like, I I gotta go to Falconvale. Like, I, like, Falconvale, they, they will pay her as a client to be like, tell me what is going on. Tell, like, you're my, you're my information source. But there are now times, there's become times over the years that she's worked with Falconvale where she will go to them and say, we gotta talk about this. Like, you need to get involved. Yeah. Can I give you a page as to why? Yes. So I think that for a long time, I've been stewing on this for a minute because I'm trying to figure out something that's like Because you fun. had like eight minutes while I sat and listened to Fire, fire well, that, Engines. Well, that too. But um, something about Horace I'm thinking about is like what, you know, when you have access to all these secrets and stuff like that and like used to give a shit and now, well, like used to not give a shit and now does. I'm like that's like a face turn type thing because to be kind of meh about having literally all power in moon crescent pass through your hands and be like kind of whatever i don't care i'm just trying to get paid by either party and then you turn means you either saw something you experienced something there was something so what i think happened was it was a piece of mail came across her desk that was kind of like it had this like it had a seal on it that she had never seen before. It was like black running ink that like still seemed wet. It was like eternally dripping and drooping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she tried. I think she knows all the secrets to pry open mail and reseal it. So yeah. like she has in the past, like she has all the time, like cracks the mail and is like, oh, shit. How Stapleton is totally going to like you know, steal the horses of House Crystalline. Oh, my God, the drama. You know, things like, oh, my God. Because she knows, I think, how it's petty and it's ridiculous and it's rich people problems, Mm -hmm. which tells me, which is something later for later, that she's like a normal person, not like rich aristocracy. Yeah. But my point is, she found a letter that was sealed with like this oozing, oozing thing. And she sliced it open and there was nothing inside until this lantern that was left in her office from years ago ignites and it burns these letters and it shows the text. And it's like this dark fucking world shattering secret that was sealed by the unseen eye that this Mm -hmm. fucking lantern of Falcon Vale just like emblazoned. And I think that's when like Falcon Vale appealed and is like, now you understand why your work is important. Yeah. 
Is it that kind of thing? I love that. That's dope. And I love, because, like, Falcon Vale's whole thing is unraveling the mystery of the Unseen Eye. So I love that they, I love that they, they had previously, I think they had worked together previously, right? Which is why yep. the Lantern is in her yes. office. But it's like, it had always just been kind of a, I need to know, like, how Stapleton is making a move. I need to know what that move is so that if I need to counter it, yeah. I can be there to counter it. And yeah. she'd be like, yeah, sure. Give me, like, you know here's here's my rate and here's my rate if you want me to betray a client like yes she has like a set price list for here's what it's going to cost and here's what it's going to cost if i have to betray a client and put my life at risk yeah and i think that like the 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 symbol of house ignatius like the lantern is like i think maybe falcon vale like just gave it to her at one point and it's like you know, I pray you'll do the right thing. Yeah, when when the time when the time comes, you'll step. When, when the time, not even not even I pray. Like when the time comes, I know you'll do the right thing. And Horace is like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Whatever, Falconvale, and the Falconvale vanishes. Whatever. But what I'm thinking is that the letter is about a Horace, and mm-hmm. that's why it's like, you know, tonight we move on Horace. She runs like the whole operation. Been found out. Need to eliminate. And it's like, oh fuck, they were gonna try to kill me. And I was just fucking passing this off. Holy shit. I think she like stops her own murder. Plot. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so that's when she learns like the, oh my God, how many people have I let down or like I held their fate in my fucking hands. I had, I had literal power in my hands in Moon Crescent and the fate of people and their well-being and their lives and pe- like real people and consequences and the actual shape of history in this region and I just passed it off and fucking farted like it was no big deal. Like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Well, it's just, I'm just trying to get paid. But I realized that, like, oh, my God, how many times have I done this? And it's caused this, it's caused a death, maybe. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. I need to take responsibility and own the fuck up. And Falcon Vale's like, sup, fucker? Yeah, you've been shit in the bed for a long time. <laughs> I, got real, I got real crude and aggressive, but I'm here for it. Um, well, yeah, and so I love that. A figurative that kind of- sup, fucker appearance. <laughs> That kind of gives me a great direction for like where she goes after her face turn. Yeah. If 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 the if the houses if the ruling houses were going to come together to eliminate her. Yes. And she disappear and she then 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 having her go off the grid. Yeah. If by all rights Cider Creek Delivery Service is destroyed uh, and she like exists as like a real honest shadow courier. Okay. For okay. people for specifically like for me, what that says is that she becomes a full-fledged ally of Falcon Vale and also Swiftwind. Oh, in yeah. terms of like, in terms of maybe Swiftwind works for Horus. Because mm. this idea, what that tells me is that she becomes someone that like orchestrates the infrastructure of like underground information delivery to common people, right? Yes, like, yeah. She becomes like the, she has these skills, right? She has proven that she can get information from point A to point B. If she then is thought to be dead, if everyone believes her to be dead and gone mm-hmm. because they because they 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 launched an operation to kill her and she was good enough that she smuggled herself out of the situation. Can we talk about how real quick? Just for fun. Yes. So people tried to kill Horace uh Teldevere. How yep. did Horace get out of it? Because they've intercepted this letter that was like, tonight we move, like when the signal, what's the signal that was, like, for all the houses to converge? This was, like, the one time I think they all agreed on something was, like, Horace gotta go. Horace been reading my motherfucking mail. Uh, when the steam whistle blows three times. Oh, dope. We move on the dock. Oh, baby. And, like, here is Cider Creek Delivery Service. It's, like, this cute, 
little like it's like a studio tiny house you know with like a little bathroom on the end of at the end of it and it's like on a dock it's cute it's unassuming meanwhile they're like dealing in the most dark shit and then all of a sudden all these house members like roll up on you said in an episode that moon crescent airboats are popular and i want to Mm -hmm. imagine airboats are rolling up and like what are they going to like burn down the hut or something? Yeah, I think they I think they kick down the door, they start stabbing things, they burn down the <laughs> just hut. Just waving, like... just waving blindly. I think it's so I I picture it very much as like a a a surgical opera like a a black ops operation where like, you know, they kick in the door, yeah. they like start knocking things over, they're destroying evidence specifically to make it look like it was a random act of violence when ah. it was this. and like they do all of these things and she was really good at she was really good at like setting up dupes. They stabbed like it is the very classic uh spy movie trope of like they stab up a pillow. Yep. And just assume that it's her, right? It's done. (sighs) Meanwhile, like, she's in, like, a bag of mail floating away on, like, the, uh, on, like, the Cider Creek. Yeah. So. She's, she's on, well, she's on a fan boat. She's on a fan boat. Driven by Falcon Vale. Of course. And, and, like, watching it all go down, watching the hut burn, and, and I think, like, there's a moment that I think captures who Horace is to me mm-hmm. and Falconvale very nicely. Thank you for, for suggesting we go through this because it crystallized a little bit of like who she is and yes. who, how she relates to Falconvale where Falconvale is very serious. Yes. And it's like, this is what happens. This is, this is the consequences of your actions. Like this is, this is what your actions and your carelessness brought about. Like, I hope you're watching this and I hope you take in and I hope you think about like, what has what the stakes are for what you're doing and i hope you understand the full scope of it and how serious it is and she's looking and she's like i'm gonna have to buy a whole new wardrobe i'm gonna buy new stuff <laughs> nothing matters is it that yeah. kind of thing where it's, it's like that, oh it's please very i'm much alive like, yeah whatever i survived <laughs> okay so that tells me a lot about horace is that horace is horace is a liver yeah horace is gonna make it and that's what i think drove this whole thing to begin with of like you know if you knew that in Moon Crescent, information is fucking juice. It is sauce. You can climb like the social and like economic ladder by literally dealing in information and like being a shadow broker, being, you know, an information peddler. You can even, I think, part of her initial game, her initial hustle was lying. Mm-hmm. It was just, she'll say fucking anything. Be like, oh, yeah. Well, I got secrets on House Duty Brown. And you're like, House Duty Brown hasn't existed in centuries. Like, I thought it disbanded. Like, and she's nah, like, well, that's what they want you to think. That's exactly what you want to think. And then I'll be, you know, 100 fantasy dollars, whatever the fuck. And then moving on from there, just like built this empire. And everyone's like, yo, you got to go. This lady, Horace, fucking, she got everything. She knows she got everything. everything. She knows everything. And eventually it turned into actually like, oh my God, now these people trust me with the mail. She's like slimy. She got some slime on her she's in slimy. her early days. She had some slime, was like, think, I'll literally think, deal in the mail. And I think, like, I think she still does. Like, oh, I think God, that yeah. she always does. Because I think like she watches this happen and she's like, all right, well then let's set up an underground mail network. But yeah. she's still fully willing to like, lie and cheat and swindle it's just she's directing that in a direction that helps people now but like she is still someone that like i think falcon vale and swiftwind both kind of approach with a level of like hesitation of like all right i gotta go through horace yeah 
And I mean, and I think the reason that that comes from is Horace likes Falconvale and Swiftwind mm-hmm. because she knows that both of them are going to win. Yeah. Like, you know, once you saw the fucking lantern ignite and like burn away this lie sealed by an ancient being that lives underneath the city, you're like, oh, I'm fucking my mom. For a long time, Horace attached her cart to the royal houses. She's like, when all this is said and done, the houses will always stand. You know, you can't you can't beat City Hall type shit. This was the first time where she was like, oh, shit, I almost got got. I would have been fucking stabbed, you know? And, like, yeah. this is the first time. So, like, I got to attach myself to the right yeah. horse. Swiftwind, Falconvale, I'm on team. Yay, you. Yay. Let's has, like, it. foam yeah. fingers with, it. like, Swiftwind and Falconvale. Like, she don't give a fuck about yeah. who it is. She's like, I'm trying to make it out of this. I'm going to need a new office. I'm going to need new clothes. But we got to get back to the info game. Yeah. She's like, I, I, got, I know what I'm good at, and I'm going to use it to um, – I don't even think that I, – I like – as as flawed and as non-heroic as it is to say, which is not always a dire- not often a direction we run with on the show, but I yeah. love that she doesn't think about what she's doing for the common good. No. It's not like she's not in this to help people. She's like, yeah, I'm really, really good at this, and if you need me to do this, I'm going to do it because I'm pretty sure you're the team that's going to win. Yeah, she like, always says, like, I provide a service. I provide a service. I'm a professional. I do my job well. Yeah. Like, also, can we clarify? Like, Moon Crescent fucking sucks. Yeah. Moon like, Crescent is rough. There and, are like, major problems. And because of that, it's like not everybody's going to be like, and you know what? We got to stand up to all this bullshit. It's like, you no, know, some people are going to be like, fuck that. I'm trying to, I need to live. Fuck. Like, okay. What I, is something? And I do oh, sorry, like that. I do like, though, that she still could, she still does, like, she does make things better. Like, like people yes. have an information infrastructure that they didn't and it's just that like she is not she is doing it for the wrong reasons yes but she's still doing good which is great which i love yeah but however she's still just like a meh she's just yeah meh. like like i think there are moments where swift wind and falconvale are sitting there like and then once we've undermined the royal houses like the people of moon crescent can rest with like oh my god stop i don't care like i don't care what did you want on your pizza like we're ordering See, I, I would love to throw that in a slightly different direct, like put a slightly different spin on that interaction because I do love it. Yeah. I think tying into, I think she's pretty jovial about it, but I think that they give their speeches about like, we're going to make this better. And she's like, oh yeah, you're just never going to see me again. Mm. Like I'm going to disappear. When we're done, I'm going to disappear and you're never going to be able to find me. Like, why do you think that this is going to not be the case? Like. What what about any of our interactions makes you think that the second that the second that you've won, I'm not just gonna vamoose? Ah, uh, yes. She's very upfront about like this is not this is not a long term partnership. What made her this way? Was it just like existing in Moon Crescent? Like Moon Crescent <laughs> I think so. Fucking trash, dude. Like it's I, not trash. It's fucking rough. Like we built a pretty rough, real, very real world. Very. It's similar to our world where, like, it's not paradise. People suck. I think so. And I think it was the 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 easy path to power that she had. Like, you know, people, like, she very quickly got a hold, got a foothold, probably not intending to, in very illicit business. And in doing so, got very powerful very quickly. Like. Okay. Can I make a pitch? Yeah. So detectives were doing some shit. They were doing, I don't know, they were stealing dog food to turn it into cat food. You know, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but something, we'll call it shady. And I didn't want to yeah, make it Yeah, they were doing murder. shady business. They were doing shady business. 
and little Horace uh, is like skipping along in Moon Crescent in the. Give me a cool ice or water word, please. In the in the ice wine district. In the ice wine district, skipping along and suddenly sees like trying to turn this dog food into this cat food, and then like she's like, oh my god, like basically witnesses a crime being committed. And then, like, runs and bumps into another detective, and they're like, did you see a detective back there? Did you see a knight? Um, I might have. He's like, what's the price? And, like, that was the first time, like, even as a little kid, got, like, ten bucks out of a transaction, is like, oh, snap, I can get by doing this. Like, I can, you can survive peddling. Yeah, I think, I love that that was just kind of a way that she learned to survive, and, like, in doing so, like, developed a really, a really strong foothold, and ultimately like has realized that she can do good but she can more accurately like she's gonna survive she's a survivor she's a liver she's gonna she's gonna be fine at the end of this and then when all is said and done she's gonna disappear and you're never gonna see her again and she's frankly pretty okay with that yeah she's okay with that she knows well i mean and i think part of her big deal is she thinks it's kind of ridiculous that like these mythical people like falcon vale and swift wind can come and go and show up and be heroes and she's like why the fuck can't i do the same yeah. like i can just vanish like all y'all just you disappear to your tower falcon vale and show up when you're needed i will appear when i think i'm, I'm needed. appearing i am needed i'm appearing when i'm not I'm not going to hang around. She does not answer her phone if she doesn't want to. Like, yeah. there's a lot of moments of, hmm, hmm. This is like Swift Wind. She's like, no. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not I, feeling that today. I would love to throw out another pitch then related to this. Yeah, please. I think she goes back. I think she makes another heel turn. Oh, fuck. I'm about it. I think it. it is specifically, like, specifically after, and I think it is tying into the trope of the, like, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend or, like, the friendly antagonist relationship. Yeah. It's not a surprising turn, but, like, we've established that canonically Falcon Veil vale s- destroys the Unseen Eye, yes, right? Like, yes. that is a thing that happens. I think she does exactly that. She goes back to her old life and, like, starts running secrets again. Once the power structures of Moon Crescent and the houses, all of their secrets are on the table. And, like, those power structures of holding those secrets are upended. She becomes, like, like, the most powerful person in the city. She starts running secrets again. And, like, Falcon Vale, like, once they destroy the Unseen Eye, there's there's a very clear moment where uh, they might even interact. And she kind of just is, like... Yeah, I'm gonna go back. Like, there is such a power vacuum, and yes. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna go back to my old life. Like, I'm an opportunist, Falconville. It's very much like, like Falconville runs in or like you know appears, and they're like, "It's done. The unseen eye has been eliminated, and the the secrets of the how all the world that have been kept for so long. You know, the people who have been the events of paradox, blah 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 blah. They're free to travel the world. All that stuff." She's in the middle of eat. She's in the middle of eating a sandwich, and she's like, "Oh, oh, wow!" So they're like desperately looking for people to hide things. Is what you're telling me? And like, interesting. Hell yeah! All right, cool. Interesting. <laughs> it's like you cannot be serious. And it's like, hey, 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 everybody, slow down. I'm not saying that I'm going to seal anything away. I am just seeing an opportunity here to take these bits of information that could have been hidden by magical means, and all I'm going to do is send them to their destinations safely and securely using the Cider Creek delivery service. Yeah. 
Like, I'm back in business, baby. I'm back in. I'm back in business. Basically, Dusk Seabreeze was putting her out of business. <laughs> I do love that sincerely, and, and like, I love that she's she like she sided yeah, with the person gonna... who's going to take down her biggest competitor. And she, at the end of it, is like, "I'm going to go back to. I'm going to go back to my old life. Like competition's eliminated. I I genuinely adore this because, like, I keep coming back to this idea that like there is not ill will, but even if there is the desire to stop and like stop to like capital s stop one another like there's not ill will there it's like or there's not a sense of betrayal i guess there's ill will but not betrayal yes where falcon veil is like yeah i guess we kind of knew that this was gonna happen yeah it was uh they had to make i don't think falcon veil and Swiftwind were exactly fucking jazzed to be hitting up fucking horace teldevere yeah. you know what i mean like this was not like this was t- horace knew that she was needed like mm-hmm. you know this wasn't like a it was more of like a spins around in a chair. Well, look who it is. The yeah. enemy of the unseen eye. And my newest best friend. <laughs> yeah, she she knew. She, she, and I think there's this relationship of like that that interaction, right? Like that moment where where, where uh, Falcon Veil comes in and like, she's like, oh, so there's like a huge opportunity for people to be like smuggling information. I don't even know if they say like, you can't be serious so much as they're just like, Yep. I guess I guess we'll I guess we know what has to come next. Hey. Yep, and you know it. Her rise yeah. to power as the leading shadow bro the the only shadow broker in the entire region is like, back. She's like, "Yeah, I'm back." I don't And I don't know. Like that is a very compelling relationship to me of like of like we work together. We stopped a global something that was making the world a worse place. Yeah. And I know I'm eventually going to have to stop you, but I'm still grateful that you helped me stop this other thing that has persisted for generations. Like, yeah, completely. That's like a compelling relationship. And also, she always just plays low status. So she's like, I don't know what you mean. Why mm-hmm. are you asking? I'm just, I'm going straight. I am simply going to deliver messages, maybe some fruits and vegetables to small. Ah, the Cider Creek delivery service is going small time, Falcon Vale. You'll never need to see me again. It's like, <sighs> I don't believe you, but I can't stop you. <laughs> I like I like Horace Teldevere a lot, and this idea that there is there are like yes, like uh, Dusk Seabreeze is like the mystical kind, but there's also people like trying to do what Dusk Seabreeze does, but th- what they refer to as legit. Yeah, like I don't need a magic baton to seal away secrets. I'm just good at hiding shit. Yeah, and I, I can hand things. If you need something delivered in secret, you come to the Cider Creek Delivery Service. Back in business after many long years. There's a, the end shot is uh, Horace walking to the window with her coffee, takes a long sip and flips that closed sign to open yep. <laughs> on like a new renovated hut. And I think like on a fan, we, we there's a shot of like on a fan boat off in the distance or our, our, our Swift Wind and Falcon Vale, like more things change, you know? I love it. I love it love very it much. Do we want to answer some session zero questions? I swear I swear to God I was gonna suggest that. That's wild. You got the deck yes. right in front of me. Yes, please. Yes, 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 yes. You remember someone from your early days of adventuring. Who was the first person you befriended on your journey? Under what circumstances did you meet them? Are you still in touch? Hmm. I have a question to go with this that I think will lead us to an answer. Okay. Or rather, I have a pitch, I think. I don't think she actually physically delivered things. Like, she's got to have, like, cohorts. Minions. Yeah, she's got to have agents, right? 
Are they birds? Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They, excuse me. I, I burped. <laughs> oh, they could be. I mean, I like the idea. I I like the idea that they are they are fan boat operators. Like she's, she's got like she's like when I said the steam whistle. Like she's got like a tugboat captain who like delivers mail for, and she's got like mail delivery people. Great that like run for her. So that is what who she trusts. What is the what was the question? You remember someone from your early days of adventuring? Um, that was the, so that those are the people that she befriended. Under what circumstances did she meet them? And uh, so the big question is: Is she still in touch with them? I am going to go and say my first thought is no, but she still does use them. I like that. Is like no, but like she'll be like, hey, I have a delivery, uh, Mister Ferryman. Do you mind delivering this big bag of, you know, uh, basil leaves? And inside is like a letter that has like, so she's, she has no friends. She sees everybody as an opportunity, as a tool. I like, and the thing I like about that, the detail that I want to run with is when she gets back in business. Yeah. She is the only one that knows what she, Falcon Vale and Swiftwind are the only three people that like truly understand what she's doing. Yeah, the fairy, the fairy people, the delivery people in the old life, they had kind of an understanding. She had built this organization and like sought out people that she could trust and was like, we are delivering secrets like this is what's going to happen. Now she is just the the, the major change is that now she's like, no, every everybody has everybody except me thinks this is on the level. And that's it. the way I'm going to live. I love it very much. I'm here for this. All right, let's answer another question. That was a Bonds. That was a Bonds question, so I'm going to answer. Let's answer a sadness question. A natural disaster took something from you. What type of disaster was it? What was lost to you? And is it likely to happen again? What natural disaster? A natural disaster. May I have a pitch? No. Taking taking you way fucking back in the life of Horace Teldevere. House Teldevere was quite influential back in the yesteryear. They had kind of this lockdown on mail. It was like the mail house. You know, like all the mail carriers, it wasn't on the level, but they all kind of had a sigil of House Teldevere. So you never knew if something was biased or not until unexplainably, one day this hurricane came and swept away like everybody in that house. The house itself was pulled off the ground and ripped out to sea. And the only one who survived was Horace Teldevere. Horace Teldevere mm. can't take that name. Horace Teldevere don't take that name at all. Horace Teldevere maybe has a different name, or it wasn't House Teldevere. But I'm basically saying that she's the only last remaining member of a house. And so what she's... If, what? What if she wasn't a member of that house? What if she caused the hurricane? No, like, what if she <laughs> took that... What if she took that name later? Oh, fuck. Like, so that like, there lie was... and be like, I was part of this house? Yeah, it's part of her business model, right? Like, oh wow, I she's lying about being the last member of an evil fucking mailhouse for what yeah, credibility? She's like, yeah, she's like, look, this is this is my this is my birthright, you know? Oh fuck, it's uh, Jesus. So all the other houses are like, she's on the level. Like, this is house. Yeah. This is house. This is the legendary house. Tell tell the to the assholes in the royal houses. She's like fucking Arthur. She's right. like, holy she's, shit. This and legend. she's absolutely just a very ordinary. And like, the thing is, she is not a good person. No. But I admire, I admire that level of eat the rich so thoroughly. Yes. Of like, I'm going to create this elaborate backstory and just, just to, 
just to ensure that I can grift you. Like, the, you are wealthy, you are wealthy, you are privileged, you are shitty. I am going to set up a grift so specifically for you, and you are going to fall for it a million percent. Yes, I love that very much. Because we always say that, like, it's information in Moon Crescent is power, it's influence, it's control. And whoever mm-hmm. has control of information controls a lot. That's why Dusk Seabreeze, for a very long time, was like basically head honcho because they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. But that's all. Oh, this is dope. She lied. She's one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, I'm a royal. Of what house? Televere? Holy shit. What? Yeah, I'm the only one left. I remember when my peepaw used to sit me on his knee and tell me that one day I would be the greatest speak secret spreader of all time. Well, holy shit, we gotta invest in fucking Cider Creek delivery. I imagine for some reason that, like, finance district chads are, like, all of the Knights of Moon Crescent. Yeah. <laughs> like, just total bro shits. All right, here's our last question before we wrap. Okay. Uh, what is Horace's favorite hobby? Well, she's still good at it. Does she practice it now? Hmm. I have, I have a pitch. Go I don't know it. if I... You can have one, too. I would like to see if you have anything as well, but... No, go for it. Um, do you remember in, uh, the, um, God, the Nexus sisters, the Nexus Lake, she's a master of the liar's code that she Mm -hmm. learned. She doesn't use it all the time, but she could if she wanted. It's like, that's why it's like, does she still practice it? It's like, not as much as she used to, because she used to, I think, be like, I'm going to need to use this one day. Yeah. Like the like, you know, if I ever bump into some, because I think there's scenarios where she's nervous that someone who knows liar's code is going to roll up on her and know that she's bullshitting and full of shit about everything. So yeah. she kind of still stays sharp on the liar's code is like her hobby. I love that. I is love this that. like double speak way of that a real high level because she's a high level bullshitter. But if she faced another one, she might get caught if she's not like ready. Uh, Once a year. This is flashing back to a very old random episode. Um. Once a year, flashing back to our short stories water episode, Ooh. she travels to the center of like the 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 river Nexus mm-hmm. to like watch the the watch the many sunsets, and like goes there partially to barter with the the sisters Nexus to confirm that she still has it. Oh, like her goal is very strictly just to be like, I still got it. I can still like I can still hustle my way. I can still hustle something out of a master hustler. I love that, that this normal person is the real, like, she's the best. Like, you know what I mean? She is. Mm-hmm. She'll lie your pants off. Yeah. She, like, once a year, once Dang. a year, and she makes that trip. Sometimes she wins. Sometimes she, like, barters. She's like, I got an old blanket, and she spins a story about that blanket and, like, gets directions to some secret spot. Other times they laugh her off of the river. Like, and and she kind of, like, pictures it. I picture her doing that the way that, like... For instance, my parents go to a casino. I picture it like a casino trip where she's like, you know what? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's it's about having fun. I love this a lot. Can I give you a moment when uh she when Horace first like really tested her game? Yeah. First time she comes back and she gets something, she cons the Nexus sisters and she's like, I'm a master, like, you know, I am I am the Lord of Lies. Comes back, Falconvale, meets Falconvale, spins a fucking lie about where she's been, what she's been doing. Falconvale lifts the lantern, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And, and Falconvale is like, hmm, you must really okay. have been away visiting your sick grandmother. Like, even, she can yeah. even challenge the fucking lantern. Yep. 
I and it's am no, obsessed. And there's no mad. There's no magic to it. She's no. just she. It's it's pure skill. It is pure commitment and skill. I am obsessed. And that's a wrap. Yay! It's a wrap on Horace Teldevere. Oh goodness, the the actual the other shadow broker of Moon Crescent. Holy goodness! Thank you so much, Oculi of the Ink, for your amazing prompt. If you'd like I to submit it. a prompt of your own for our bomb show that you just enjoyed thoroughly, so many ways you can do it. Jeff, what are they? Let's see. What are they? You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Boom. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Go to OneShotPodcast.com and browse the myriad of amazing shows, content, streams, all sorts of that good, good stuff that you need. And you'll see so many things that you like. Uh, The show I want to highlight today is Asians Represent because they're brilliant and it's well thought through and they put so much more... So I'll be real, <laughs> the team of Asians that present reminds me that like I really need to put more work into my projects because everything that they do is well-researched, well-executed, and well-performed to a level that everybody kind of needs to get on. They they are existing on a level that is frankly, in, like, is so inspired, that's so inspiring, like, and it's, it's, inspiring feels like the lazy word for the yes. work that they're doing, but like, it really, it's, it's. You're exactly right. Like the like what like seeing the the level of like execution that they put into everything that they do is yes. so like jaw droppingly impressive. It it really is, and I'm always like, oh, I need to write a better audio drama. I need to do something. I need to like it, it is. It's motivating in the best way. Yeah, and all y'all need to consume that entire you, body of work and follow every creator. If you haven't listened yet, if you haven't listen to their main to their main feed show yet if you haven't watched the the watch the street the 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 oriental adventure streams or the, yeah. the tales of alkadim streams like if you haven't watched those streams yet like there is so much content that is so well done and like listen to dungeons and to asians like it's all so good and like it is like I honestly cannot say enough good things about asians represent like as a podcast as a group of creators I'm gushing because I feel like it is product. It is a product and a group of people that should be gushed over. Boom. Um. So go do that. Go to OneShotPodcast.com and find all that good shit. Jeff, speaking of good podcast shit, Jeff's got one. <laughs> I do. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, we sit down with a friend for a two-player role-playing game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. But also, speaking of podcasts, Aaron also has another podcast. Oh, snap. I'm a part of Sky Jack's Courier's Call. It's a Fadex, modified, fate-accelerated uh, podcast set in the world of Skyjack's sphere. And it's for all ages. So if you're young at heart, got some youngins, you want to introduce them to the nerdy hobby of actual player tabletop and all that stuff, come on over. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's about 14-year-olds and their adventure to kind of find themselves an adventure and learn about the world of fantasies. And deliver the mail. And deliver the goddamn mail. And it, there's no cursing. I promise I don't curse in that one. It's really hard. Which but is, which is really on it. Which, as someone that has known Aaron since we were 15 extremely an extremely impressive achievement it is like i'm not gonna lie it's hard but uh, (laughs) um what else do we do on this show uh garen you got a verbal hug for us oh jesus um 
Uh, I've got I've got one. If yeah, we want to get you, some realness, you fucking get get real, Jeff. Get real. Um, sometimes like this is for the creatives out there, the people making stuff. Sometimes you're gonna swing and whiff, and sometimes you're gonna swing and whiff a lot, and like that's gonna suck really, really bad. And I think it's okay to say that that sucks. Mm. Like I think it's 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 okay, and it's also like important to like own that i think that there's a lot of there's a very prominent sentiment of like don't focus on don't focus on the misses like keep hustling I, that i i really think that is kind well, it's of bullshit. toxic it's bullshit and it's it's not true no one in, in like any actual professional field believes that nonsense it's just what people want to give on their instagram to be perceived yeah. as more confident and i think that like yeah i think it's it's nonsensical toxic bullshit like rejections suck like losing things suck and like it is okay to feel that like that is not an un that is not an unacceptable feeling to feel like that is a valid thing to go through like mm-hmm. you know it is still important to like get back up and not let those things like demolish you and to like to continue to keep swinging yeah but like don't feel like you have to you can't feel the things you're feeling because i think like that is that is even more so i think that is that to me is the surest fire way to is the surest fire road to burnout is to be like i'm 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 hurt i'm hurting and i'm upset and i'm like exhausted by a thing but i'm gonna keep chopping at it because i feel like i have to like that's when you get burnt out yeah completely there, there's a, there's a thing with, like, when auditioning and stuff, there's, like, what tricks to deal with failure and stuff. And they're pretty much, like, it's not acknowledging it as a failure or shortcoming. It's, like, the, the phrase is usually, like, throw the sides away. Meaning, like, you had your callback, you had, you know, you went to your audition, you prepared your ass off. If you, fe- if you find out that you didn't get that gig, you throw the sides away, you acknowledge it, you, you feel it, it feels poopy. Then you got to take a breath and move on because mm-hmm. it's does nothing to do with you, you know, and to think that it does, that is the path to darkness is thinking that yeah. like, you know, like I fucked up. It was my shortcoming. I'm like, no, they probably just, you know, went a different direction or something happened that wasn't in your control. And that's okay. It's, it's okay to take okay. a fucking L, you know, you're gonna. And it truly is how you move on past that so that the next L does not hurt as bad as that one does. And it's kind of like a routine of figuring out how to cope with losses. Yeah, and it's it's saying, look, and it's it's half learning how to take the L in a way that the next one won't hurt, hurt as bad, and half learning to say, yes, this was an L. Because, like, I can tell you, like, I have, have taken my share of L's. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it is, there's a very clear, I can tell you the ones that hurt the worst were the ones where I went, all right, let's keep going, let's keep focused, let's keep moving, because, like, I didn't allow myself to say, God, that really sucks, like, that's an L, like, that stings. The ones that I did, I was able to, like, deal with and move on from, and, like, that's important. It is. It is. It is. It's. It's a tough road to hoe. Want like you know. I have had a theater professor that just always told me like, wanting shit sucks. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like because you're gonna get you. You hold things so closely and so tightly, so that when you don't get them, it feels like someone took it from you or you didn't give enough. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of part of wanting something. It is. That's and part of the process. It is, and it's an unfortunate part. But 
it just means that like you know it's about changing your perception to things and understanding yeah. like you know reality of things it's like you didn't fucking do anything unless you like are a dick and people don't want to work with you because you're a dick then you have nothing to worry about because that's the right. only thing that you could actually fuck up that's in your control <laughs> yeah and like anything other than that completely be like whoo ouch ooey ah i'm stinging I'm going to eat a cupcake and get on with my fucking life. <laughs> exactly. Right. Eat a cupcake and get on with it. Like yeah. that's, but, but allow yourself to eat the cupcake. Oh God. Yes. Allow yourself that moment of cupcake and deep breaths. I think that's a wrap. It's I a think that's all rap. we do here. Let's go. That's all we do until next time. Good night and good game. junior wizards senior wizard aaron here and i come to you all with a request i know not everybody uh listens to the show at the same time so whether you're listening to this now uh in december of 2020 or if you're listening to it in 2021 or 22 or whatever in the future um i want you to tweet at me or email the show or something whatever you want to do to reach out to us I want to know what you want out of our world guide. I'm currently writing the world guide. It's in depth. It has all the information that we've had so far, but I want to know specific things that you all want to know more about so that I can dive into them and write more about it and elaborate so y'all can use it in games or just nerd out and enjoy it however you'd like. But I want to know uh, the kind of stuff that you want to hear. So at me, at EricDanosayas, email us at um, allmyfantasychildren.gmail.com, at me in the Discord, do whatever you got to do, but I'm calling upon you to help me out because there's a wellspring of information about the show in my head and I really want to get the stuff that y'all care about. Just punch my pop filter in excitement. But yes, whenever, whenever you're re- listening to this, you know, feel free to reach out because I'm excited about this world guide and I still will be when I make updates in a couple years because obviously as the show grows. So until next time, hit me up. Don't be scared. I love you. Thanks for listening to our show. Whatever time period you're in, goodbye. <laughs>